Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadu. Tonight, I'm here with... Akosia Ofewa Upoku. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. Now when they say we go now, where I will care the children? Who else will I will go stay? They are not get money to, to go and rent. They will give us some time. Stranded residents of the Budumburam camp in the central region gradually pack out of the area ahead of the planned demolition of their houses. The DCE stands by the decision. demolition may commence any time after today. Decided to put out that, that final reminder to residents that the last day is here. Also coming up as a confirmation of uh, as confirmation sessions for newly nominated MMDCs gather momentum across the country, we go to Elembele in the western region where the DCE nominee Kwesi Bonzo has been rejected by assembly members. The security agencies, policing. And later on eyewitness news. The security agencies, policing and protecting the territories, the territorial boundaries of Ghana should be extra vigilant, especially on the back of recent alleged cases of kidnapping, infiltration, etc. into Ghana. National House of Chiefs charges President Akufado to provide the state security agencies with the requisite logistics to fight crime in the country. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News and in business. Ghanaians express mixed reactions ahead of same re-registration tomorrow. Also, latest reports by Wakam reveals that a majority of oil and mining firms in Ghana violate sections of Ghana's Mining Act. That's in some 50 minutes with Ellen Dapa. Eyewitness News is live across the country on a number of affiliate stations, including Premier FM 100.5 in Takradi. Bono Hafo region, we are on Greener FM 1, that should be 95.9 FM. And in the Ashanti region, we are on Orange FM 107.9. And in the Eastern region, you can listen to Eyewitness News on 90.1 in Somania. That's right, FM. Across the globe, we are on City Newsroom. Dot com. It's an interactive show, so you can join us on WhatsApp. We're on 0549-986-996, Send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sanda or at City973. And the world gets to hear what you think. Let's settle for details of our stories. Now, and the first one is coming from Budumburam in the central region. Akosia. Some residents living in the Budumburam camp have made a passionate appeal to the government to stop the planned demolition of the area. They say the demolition will leave them homeless and stranded since they have no alternative places of abode. City News' Bobier Ose interacted with some Liberian nationals who are calling on government to facilitate their travel back home in the event of the demolition as well as others who want integration into the Ghanaian society. I got three, uh, the two grandchildren living with me now. So uh, that means taking care of the children. Mm. So now when they say we're going to go, where I will care of the children? Who else I will go stay? They are not get money to, 
to go and rent. So only three, they were, they were begging them. They will give us some time. So for you, if you got a chance, will you go back to Liberia? Yeah, I'll go. Na 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 They say you are the best here. I will go. My name is Anthony Lee. I'm from Liberia. I live on this camp, Budubram camp. When, when did you come to Budubram camp? I came here to Tafing. That's uh, so. That's uh, 21 years now. Yes. Now some say that the camp, as a refugee base, was decommissioned in 2010, which means that after 2010, it's lost its description as a refugee camp, and now they are asking that people who live here should, you know, relocate, you know, either resettle, reintegrate, and that type of thing. What do you, what do you make of calls for, you know, persons who live here to leave the camp? Oh, for, for now, you know, <clears throat> we who are living on the camp here, we are living here with an arrangement. Librarians are not only living here because they want to live here. Mm. You understand? They came here, Ghana Refugee Board and UNHR came here yeah. 2012. They told us that they had two options for us. Mm -hmm. And they two options were to be integrated to Ghanaian society mm -hmm. or go back to Liberia. Mm -hmm. We did not go to them to ask them for integration. They called, they brought the integration to us, process to us. And they know fully well that if you integrate a man into your society, there must be certain incentive given him. But since that time we took the integration, they have not come out with the incentive that belongs to us. And they are telling us they are about to demolish camp. A total embarrassment they are giving to us, camp. Then where do we go from here? So I'm asking you, what are you going to do? We are, we, today? we are only looking now. We don't got nothing to do, but because we, have, we don't have money to relocate ourselves from here. Mm -hmm. So saying they, they call up for integration, we are calling upon them to come and give off our integration packet. Oh, I mean, I mean, hold, uh, hold on, let me, let me speak to the lady. Okay, okay what's your name? I'm Rose Cassell. How can we have three different groups, the integration group and the scientific group and, and what have you? Okay. But those I was not integrated. UACRO said that we should come to the office there so that we'll put our need out for general repatriation. Mm -hmm. And we had 2,000 persons. When was this? When? I'm talking about early last year. Okay. We got to talk about the demolition this year. Okay. So we have 2,000 persons mm -hmm. that we are not part of integration. Mm -hmm. And they said that they will repatriate us. Mm -hmm. So we should put our names down. We put our names down. Every family here came with their children. Our house is normal. We put our names down. Okay. And we came in the middle part of last year. And asked them how far. Mm. They said, okay, we will repart to you because the integrated people, they are different people. Mm. There are certain group of scientists, they are different people. Those people, you are responsible for them. Okay. To find place for them. In a society, they give them resident permit. So, but those that have not had resident permit, we agreed to go back home. So they said that they will repart to us. So what did they say? What, what happened? Since last year, the end of last year, they took our names, they took our houses normal to repart to us. Since then, whenever we go to the office, say, you wait. When I will go to the office here, wait. When we got a formal notice three months ago yeah. that they were coming to demolish the yeah. camp and today was going to be the deadline. Okay, we went back to them. We said now the people are saying that they come to demolish the camp and we want to go home. Yeah. We put our names down for general repatriation. What did they say? So they said that, uh, uh, in fact, you know, they were just training, training, tracing us and put today the deadline. So as an integration, you have to set to the people there, find place where they give them job, give them asset to job, give them asset for them to be in a society because they, they, they can't go back to their country. They, they're in your country. Basam, Basam. How many years? 31 years. Good 31 is 32 years. They are in your country and they decide not to go back due to certain reason and they are here and you say that they, 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 they took that option to be integrated in your, in your society. Where is the option? You give the job, give the asset the job. Is it that children should be in a society, go to school, but then you are telling them you come to break the calm down on them. Is it right? So after today? Yes. 
So we what, are appealing to, we are not appealing for four months, three months. We are, we, we, we want to tell us, if they get, uh, 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 put all in a society, then they put all in a society, so we can get jobs, we can get access to work. So uh, there you have it. Uh, the, the theme throughout all of these interactions is that they want to be reintegrated. They want to be reintegrated. They actually are demanding that they are reintegrated. They are giving housing, they are giving jobs, and the likes. Because they feel that after today, they have nowhere else to go. Some also are saying that buses should be provided so that they are moved back to Liberia. Now, this is the final day given to persons living within a Budiburan camp from Liberians to Nigerians to Ghanaians as well as other nationals. And after today, the local authorities say that demolition actually commenced. Uh, there is some level of agitation, some level of anger within the camp as we are getting ready for the demolition exercise. In a related development, some Ghanaians who live in the camp want President Tekufwado to intervene in the matter as they have nowhere to relocate to. I have nowhere to relocate to. Just as we were reminded to vacate, my brother called me to request some money saying that our mother had taken ill. How do I come up with some funds to contribute to her treatment or even rent a new home? We plead with President Okufuado to salvage this situation. The president has labeled this place a refugees camp, yet he could make his way here to campaign ahead of the elections. We voted for him, and now he wants to evict us from our homes. I have nowhere else to go. I have decided to pack all my things to the police station so that perhaps they can arrest me and put a roof over my head. I voted for Nanado, so now I want to ask him, where do I go from here? Those were some Ghanaians uh, who live at the Budumburam camp speaking to City News. Meanwhile, the district chief executive for Gomwa East, Solomon Dakukwam, says the demolition of the 141-acre Budumburam camp will commence in the coming days. The demolition may commence any time after today. So that is what is going on. And uh, uh, we decided to put out uh, that, that final reminder to residents that the, the, the day, the last day is here. So, and, and what is the specific reason for the demolition? Is it a case that, I mean, because we've heard it being put out there that the area has become a crime, crime haven of sorts. I mean, what specifically is the reason? Uh, it's a myriad of, of factors. Um, the first is that, is what you have just mentioned, you know, Budubrem um, has become so notoriously <laughs> popular for, for criminal activities. A number of uh, uh, robbers uh, are often chased to that place uh, for arrests and roasters. Uh, I hope you have not also lost sight of the father who was just the same Budumbrem that two able-bodied policemen were gunned down uh, one hot afternoon. Um, and, and several of them. So the security matter, our challenge is one. But that aside, the place itself has outlived its usefulness. By that I mean it has ceased to be a camp since 2010. Because 1990 when the place became 
was used, was acquired, uh, if you like, uh, to be used as a camp for the refugees from Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Co. Um, that has ceased since 2010 because when Liberia became stable, Sierra Leone, and those things, the United Nations High Commission on Refugees and the Ghana Refugee Board both undertook uh, repatriation and sent the people there, those who wanted to. And those who wanted to integrate into Ghana, i.e. accept that, oh, they want to be Ghanaians forever, were also given the option. And by, from my information, they were also given monies to, to be able to leave the camp and settle anywhere they wanted in Ghana. Uh, that is what some have failed to do and have remained there and have become a conduit for other uh, if you like non-refugees to also infiltrate into the camp and perpetrate uh, all the ma all manner of crime that you and I know. So, aside the crime aspect, the camp itself is no more a camp. And indeed, the chiefs who offered the place to government for use as a camp are also de demanding their land back for for use for other purposes. Just this morning. I, I met a, a, a team. They came. Um, we have met, I think, about five teams who all have interest. We are talking of 141 acre land. Um, so uh, it's not unusual to have more than one owner. They have all come, and uh, interestingly, they are all behind the support, the demolition for the place to be used for some other uses. That was the district chief executive for Gomwa East in the central region, Solomon Dakokwam. This eyewitness news on 97.3 City FM. Let's go to our correspondent in the central region, Calvisteta. He has been following this story closely. We would have an understanding of what exactly the situation is. It's night, um, it's getting to uh, dusk now. What is happening to these uh, particular residents, both the Ghanaians? and the non-Ghanaians who are living in that particular area and how they can be saved. It seems as though the local assembly there has made a decision. These people say they will be stranded. We'll come back, we'll talk to Carvistetter, don't worry. Eyewitness News, be there as it happens. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios here in Adabraka, in Accra. Let's go to the central region and speak to our correspondent, Calvis Tete. Calvis, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. You are based in Kasua, but Budumburam is a nearby town. Uh, aside the traffic that is associated with that area, what seems to be the problem tonight? Yeah, uh, Sandra, the problem here is the evacuation of resi uh, residents living in the Budumburam camp. You know, the Guma is the street assembly together with the government uh, gave an ultimatum to uh, persons living inside the Bunburam camp to move from the camp on the 30th of September, that is today. So as we speak now, since yesterday evening, some of the people living inside the camp, mostly Ghanaians and other residents, have moved from the camp. They are currently moving from the camp. But for Liberians who live in the camp, they are in the, in the Bunburam camp, they are saying that they have nowhere to go and for that matter, they are not moving from the camp. So if you ask me, Sandra, this is what is happening inside the Buramburam camp, Sandra. I see. Now, does it mean they have moved out of the place completely or some are still doing the, the moving? Yes. Uh, even this evening, some are still doing the moving. They are gradually moving from inside the camp to get uh, accommodation outside. Because most of them I spoke to tell me that uh, they prefer the Gomua uh, area 
which accommodation is a bit cheaper. And then maybe Katoa, which is also a bit cheaper. So most of them are moving to Katoa and then the Potney and then Awutu Buriku area, standard. Now, is it that they are going to rent to live there? Do you have any idea how they are going to put up tonight? Yes, Sandra, you know, uh, we spoke to the district chief executive, and then he was like, uh, they will not spare anyone when they start the demolition exercise, which is after 30 years, after today. But for residents I spoke to, they tell me that uh, they are living for fear of the unknown, because uh, apparently they don't know where exactly, which area exactly is going to be demolished. But once they're saying they are demolishing the Kudumburam camp, they just want to move out of the camp and then uh, for, for, uh, and wait for the authorities to start the demolition exercise. But for the Liberian, Liberians who are living in the camp, they, are, they have been refugees before. They are saying they don't have anywhere to go. And for that matter, uh, moving them in just a matter of a month is a big deal. So they are not moving until they want to see what authorities will do, Sandra. The camp itself, how does it look like uh, when you get paint, paint a picture for us? Because it seems the local assembly believes that the local authority believes that the place has outlived its usefulness. Is it the case that all the Liberian refugees have no other place to move to and that that place is the only place? And is that place even um, an area that people should be living in? In the past, we know that that particular area has been associated with crime. Paint the picture for us, please. Yes, Sandra, you know, the Budumburan camp area, compared to Kaswa and Awutu Breku and other areas, you know, the Budumburan camp area, uh, accommodation is cheap one. Uh, for instance, you get accommodation as cheap as 20 Ghana cities a month. You know, so uh, most, of, most of the time they take a year. You pay for one year and then or sometimes two years, depending on the strength of your pocket. You know, and then uh, for electricity itself, what they do is that they are using the postpaid, not the prepaid. So with the postpaid, you see about 30 people or 40 people on a line. And every month you pay uh, the things you have in your room, the gadgets you have in your room, you pay as much as 20 cities, 10 cities, 15 cities. So if, if you come to Burumuram and then you rent a room, you are short of paying 20 cities or between 20 and 10 cities every month as your utility. Which, uh, and then uh, for electric, for water, there are, there are dugout wells and all that where they get they pay for water. So uh, living here is a bit cheaper. So that is what draws a lot of Ghanaians, Liberians, Nigerians especially, to live inside the Bunuburam camp. They believe that life here is cheaper than outside of the Bunuburam camp. So now that they have been ejected from the Bunuburam camp, they are worried actually on where to, how to relocate because it comes with money standard. Very well. Thank you. Please follow that story for us and let us know uh, what is going to happen next. That's Calvis Tete. He's our correspondent in the central region, uh, bringing us up to speed on developments at that uh, refugee center, the um, Budumburam camp. Now, the acting head of the Ghana Refugee Board, Tete Paddy, has been speaking to City News on this particular development. Listen. have only a little over 400 uh, refugees, persons who are recognized as refugees, uh, who are Liberians in the camp um, or in Puduburam. Um, so these people we have a responsibility towards, to, towards, responsibility towards. 
and uh, we are making arrangements to relocate them to our, some of our other refugee camps. As long as they uh, opt to, to be relocated, we will give them that assistance. Um, for the rest of them, um, in 2013, at the end of 2012, the cessation clause was invoked. And the invocation of the cessation clause meant that um, the Liberians ceased to be refugees. Um, there, there are other reasons, there are reasons why, which I could go on to over time. But um, the large majority of them, they all ceased to be refugees. Uh, some of them opted to voluntarily repatriate back to Liberia. And then some of them also voluntarily decided to stay in Ghana. Now, deciding to stay in Ghana meant that uh, you, they were uh, um, well-connected socially and economically to be able to stay here and look after themselves. They were given residence permits, which allowed them to work. Um, they were also given uh, a small cash grant uh, of $400 per adult um, and um, some amount of uh, Actually, no, they were given a, a Liberian passport for free. The residence permit was paid for by Ghana government and the UNHCR, 50% uh, each. The two entities paid 50% each. So they got that for free as well. Um, and indeed, it's being renewed for them for free. Um, and then they were also given a year's subscription of the National Health Insurance uh, so they had access to the national health insurance for one year for free. Um, all this was just to help them, help set, set, set them off and uh, get them to uh, smoothly uh, um, get into mainstream life without being refugees. Now, um, the amount of money that was given them, the $400 per person, they were specifically told that they should use that to rent a place uh, so that they don't stay on the Bukuram camp. And that was because that land was not paid for, or no, the owners were not compensated um, um, when the land was taken to be used as a refugee camp. And so we told them that eventually the owners would come for them, for the land, sorry. Um, but unfortunately, no, because nobody uh, drove them out, which is not exactly a bad thing, uh, they still remained there. Uh, but we made it very clear to them that they should not stay there. Some of them will tell you that uh, the $400 per adult, mind you, is per adult. So in a household of more than one adult, there was more than uh, $400. And I think it was $100 per child. Um, these, some of them will tell you that it's not enough to look after them for the rest of their lives. Of course, it's not enough to, to, to take care of them for the rest of their lives, but who gets taken care of all their lives? Um, and I'm sure that they themselves would want to be able to take care of themselves. And there's a reason why the residence permit, which has a work permit attached, is not just a residence permit, it's a work permit as well. Um, and so if anybody tells you that they were not given work permits, it's untrue. Some people did not opt for any of the solutions that was given to them. And so those people do not have residence permits and they do not have work permits. When you are speaking to a group of Liberians, you cannot really tell which category um, the, the person you're talking to belongs to. But they will tell you that nobody has assisted them and so on. But I can tell you that uh, we did a lot of sensitization before they made their choices as to what durable solution they wanted to, 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 to choose. And um, it, it's, it's I, I happened to be around at the time. And so I, and I was part of the team that did the sensitization. 
Um, I have heard them talk on radio and say that nobody helped them, nobody gave them anything. They were promised free accommodation and so on. The wording in the concept note for local integration uh, said that they would be given support for shelter. That support came in the form of cash. And it's exactly what it says, it's support to help set them off initially, not to look after them for the rest of their lives. So that is the situation. And so we will, um, we will, take, we will take charge and uh, relocate those who still are refugees. Um, and then those people will be relocated. So you heard there, uh, Mr. Tete Paddy, he's the acting head of the Ghana Refugee Board, uh, speaking to City News on the developments in the Budumburam camp. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Lots of you have been speaking on this particular issue. Uh, Babamu in Tamale says, since the local authorities um, have directed the residents in Budumburam camp to relocate, the residents should obey authorities and leave. Muhammad Bakojo from ACM says, we feel very uncomfortable with the way NPP government uh, doesn't pay allowances. Uh, that's from Ghana judges and magistrates. Um, President Kuvado knows all his hardship and decided to hire a private jet to go on excursions. Cry, my beloved country. A.U. Farouk in Tamil says, this shouldn't be the way government should go on the refugees at Bodomburam camp. Proper measures should have been taken to curb this demolition. Jones and Jones says fighting crime is a collective responsibility and for that matter all of us are having to contribute in the fight. These criminals are living in houses belonging to Ghanaian citizens. Let's expose them. John Tete says this is lack of planning even though they were given notice for some time now. I think Liberian government should have been involved and found an adequate way to welcome their people back home. They are happy here. It's a pity but Ghana needs to move forward. Uh, Walanyu Nakotia says these Liberians are not serious. Because of our parochial interest, we should allow you to stay for for criminals to hide amongst you. Uh, you are saying them. Uh, JC Blue Princess, uh, the forces against the DC for Elembele, Honorable Kwesi Bonzo, aka 34KWA, is just too much and I pray the great, will, the great Lord will see him through in his quest to lead assembly members and the good people of Elembele. Actually, that's the next story we are going to so uh, Bonzuke, as he's popularly known, uh, is the district chief executive for Elembele. He has been renominated, but when he went for the elections today, things didn't look good for him. He could not get past the requirement uh, for nomination and endorsement as district chief executive. Uh, he lost some 22 votes, got some 27 votes, but that did not give him enough to sail through. Let's speak to one of the assembly members who were at the event today. Um, the assembly member for Mantukwa electoral area is Sam Divenu. Sam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, were you at the meeting today? Yes, good evening. Good evening. Are you willing to tell us whether or not you voted for your DCE? <laughs> I'm willing to tell you some of the reasons that I would be there. Sorry, sorry, so, sorry, Mr. Giveni, um I don't know where you are, but uh, it's really a tricky line. Can we? Ca can you try and restate what you just said? Uh, Apologies, we have to we have to re-establish contact uh, to the assembly member. This is Eyewitness News on ninety-seven point three uh, CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. We are also broadcasting around the globe 
on citynewsroom.com. Around the country, you can hear us on a number of radio stations. So in the Volta region, we are on Holy FM 98.5 in Afplau. In the northern region, we are on Dasuma 99.1 FM in Yendi. In the upper east region, we are on Word FM 88.3 in Zuarungu. And in the upper west region, we are on Bugli Radio 88.6 FM in Wai. If you're listening to us in Takradi, uh, the capital of the western region, where we actually focus tonight, uh, you must be listening to Premier FM 100.5. Let's return to Ellen Bele and speak to the Assembly Member for Mantuqua Electoral Area, Sam Jivenu. Mr. Jivenu, you're welcome back. I hope this time we have a better line to you. My question was, okay. are you willing to tell us publicly, publicly if you are one of the ones uh, persons who've rejected the uh, nominee? Omar, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think let me use this opportunity to greet your cherished listeners. I'm Samuel Jivano. Uh, today, Alamba District is our day for confirmation of the DC nominee, Honorable Kwesi Bonzo. But we went for the confirmation he couldn't win, or he wasn't confirmed. I don't know if, uh, the reasons, but probably there could be reasons why he was rejected, since I'm also part of the Assembly. Some things in the Assembly system are not working. Since we became Assembly member, or since we were voted into office in 2019, December 7th, for some time now. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. For, let, let me think for this particular whole year. There has never been a single general assembly meeting. There has never been a single subcommittee meeting for this whole year. But not like this year. It's not only this year. Last year, the same thing happened. Like, it's an assembly meeting that we go to deliberate on issues and deliberate on developmental issues of the district. But these things are not happening in the Lembele district. I think that's all there is that the people are not happy. The assembly uh, office is being turned into partisan office. Assembly members are respected more than assembly members. Assembly members are just taken for granted. Things that are almost some simple, simple things that even if it comes to the assembly, that due respect should be given to assembly members to go for it. And then maybe give it to their communities. They tend to give it to their party branch executives instead of assembly members. Local government structures in the level district is not working. Our our, our own last town council, uh, town council, area council, zonal council, urban council, but our own is area council. It is not working in the level district. Meanwhile, these are the local government structures that operate to support the assembly to generate revenue. All these things are not working in the Lambert district since we became assembly members. So if this is happening, you think people who are assembly members will be happy enough to vote for a DC who has been a DC and now an active DC for a whole year now, almost uh, nine nine months now for this particular year, we've not had any meeting. How do we communicate to our community? Where do we locate our problems to when we don't go for assembly meetings? How do we deliberate on issues that affect our communities? I think, to me, this could be some of the reasons why it wasn't confirmed. Maybe there could be other reasons, and I don't know, but these are some of the reasons why I think that maybe he wasn't confirmed, if you ask me. Okay, now, how often or how many times is the assembly supposed to meet in a year? You said you haven't met Good. throughout the year. Thank you very much for that question. The local government act and the standing orders. It is stated in the local government act that at least three times in a year. That is at least we should have a meeting three times in a year. But anybody, 
any assembly in the district. Find out from them if you've had any single agenda meeting this particular year. Since I became an assembly member to, from 2019, I've never attended any committee meeting. Why? Is that not the job Sorry, of the presiding member? Good. Thank you for asking that question. That is the job of the presiding member. But unfortunately, when we came into office in 2020, we've not had our presiding member immediately. But we had our presiding member somewhere in December last year. How about this particular year? The presiding member has a duty to perform. But if the presiding member performs the duty and the DC and then the district coordinator director or the assembly, a technocrat who are the spending officers of the assembly don't cooperate, they cannot call for meeting. His duty is to write and call for meeting. But it's not the spending officer of the district. It is the DCE, the DCD, and the presiding member who have to meet to decide and call for meeting. But these things are not going on in the Lemberg district. What about development? What about, about what about actual development? Are you saying your DC hasn't done anything to merit a re-election or renomination? All that I have told you doesn't do things come to development because these are the things that bring development. If assembly members are meeting, that is when they tell the assembly the problems at their uh, electoral area or at their communities. We don't go for meeting. How then do we communicate our problems to the assembly? Let me just be sure. You were elected in 2019. You have never attended an assembly meeting. No, no, no. Please. Couldn't say I've never attended an assembly meeting. There was, you know, you know, we have special meetings. We have emergency meetings and we have general meetings. Yeah, I'm talking about the general assembly meeting. Oh, no. I didn't say I have not attended some before. I said this whole year, there have never been an assembly, uh, general assembly meeting. We had general assembly meeting once when we, we elected our PM. Uh, that was in... Uh, uh, no, that one was a special meeting. We had our general assembly meeting in December when they were, we were back on uh, this in approving the composite budget for the district. That was when we, we had our general. We couldn't approve the budget. So this this year, any January, we, we were able to approve the budget. Since then, we are in uh, September, almost in October now. We've not had any meeting again. I said since I can't attend, but I have not attended any subcommittee meeting. And what kind of subcommittee meetings could you have? Okay, what are the subcommittees in your assembly? Oh, thank you very much. You know, the assembly in this assembly, I think we have statutory uh, subcommittees. We have the finance, justice, and security. We have works, security. We have social service, and then it's like development subcommittee. Which one are you? Which which one are you on? I am. I was put in a big subcommittee, which is more like an ad hoc subcommittee for the district. The other one is not statutory. And, so you, that and that, that, and that subcommittee hasn't sat since you, you joined the assembly? No, I've never attended any subcommittee meeting. That's what I'm telling you. How, and it's a fact. How about accessibility? Is your DCE accessible? Accessibility? I told that accessibility to assembly members has turned into partisan. He listens more to his party members than assembly members. Are there party members in the assembly? No. I mean, there are parties in the district and party executives. I told you, for instance, when uh, COVID came, they're supposed to distribute Veronica packets across board. But then it was distributed to party executives to be taken to the various electoral uh, communities instead of assembly members. That's a typical example I can give you. You are the assembly member for you are the assembly member for Mantuqua. Are you saying if you went to the assembly office and said you wanted to speak to the DCE, you would not be allowed?
Definitely, if I go to the assembly and I said I wanted to speak the DCE, of course, I can have access to him sometimes. That is when I know he's scheduled sometimes if I go. That is possible. So if but you... I am not talking of, I'm not talking of my personal interest. Because even if I go to the DCE and there is something critical that I, I send to him, it should be decided by the General Assembly. Okay. If I have a brain like this, and it's critical that that problem should be attended to, that problem has to be decided on by the General Assembly. And that is why we call for General Assembly meetings to approve and vote on things that we think can bring development to our various communities. All right. Now you say that the DC only listens to party members and he will not listen to persons like you. That would presuppose that you are an NDC person and not MPP person in the assembly. My brother, the assembly system operates not partisan. But you have introduced party in there, didn't you? Oh, that is an party. Yes, of course. So I it means party. that if, if he doesn't attend no. to you, you are not of his party. And you might assume that he might assume that I'm an NDC member. Are you an NDC member? <laughs> I think that is confidential. I oh, how, how, oh, how, how? Don't you go for rallies <laughs> and carry, you know, umbrellas and things no, and celebrities? You all have, you have, maybe the EP has a party that they vote for. Do you understand? And individually, you all have our parties. But I am talking about things that are happening in the assembly system to you, not as a party member, but as an assembly member. That's why I'm communicating to you. Is that why you voted against him today? I, I have elaborated the, the reasons I, I didn't vote against him because it's a confidential. This is a city vote. Oh, so maybe so, I voted for him, or you don't know I, I didn't vote for him. That is confidential. But this could be some of the reasons why most people did not vote for him for him to get the, the required number to Mi be confirmed. Mr. Jivenu, who did you vote for? Yes or no? I said it's confidential. That's why it's secret. Yeah, but if you, you know the you know the you know the pain then, and the problems of then, those who did not vote for him. Okay, tell me, those who voted for I him, said, why did I they said, vote for I him? Said, I said, I said, this could be some of the reasons why people didn't confirm him. No problem. 27 people voted for him. Why do you think they voted for him? It is also to their interest. Maybe to them, no, they, they might have some confidence in him, or maybe to them, no, they think that he is good for them. Then that could be done. But definitely, you know, it is vote. And definitely, he can also go to people, speak to them, to convince them to vote for him. That is voting. So for voting... It can happen that people can vote for you not because probably maybe uh, you are doing something better, maybe because of maybe one or two things they considered you. You understand? I guess if I want to know why they voted for him, I should talk to them, correct? Oh, probably, yes, of course. Anybody who voted, or anybody that you also think you're talking to me, there are a lot of, we, are, we have 62 assembly members, 36 elected, and then 16 appointed. All that I've told you. You are a good journalist that I know you are in this country. These are the things that are happening in Lambert District. You can call any other assembly member, even the DC himself. Could it, some of this issue. Could it also be lying. could it also be that the NDC affiliated assembly members did not vote for him because he was the MPP parliamentary <laughs> candidate in the last election and you 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 were not happy that he matched uh, Kofi Amabua boot for boot? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think that could be any reason at all. That is off the bar. The things that I've told you are the things that make the family system work. So if they are not working, then that could, that could be the problem. Very well. Thank you for speaking to us, sir. 
Thank you very much for your time too. That's Sam Jivenu. He's the assembly member for Mantuqua Electoral Area in the Elembele district of the Western Region. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. When we come back, uh, we'll go to the National House of Chiefs. Um, it wants the president to take some more action or provide logistics for security personnel who was jo whose job it is to prevent crime. And they are having this conversation at the time that we are having a discussion around crime in the country. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. The National House of Chiefs has urged the president, Nanadudan Kwakufado, to provide various security agencies with the necessary logistics to help fight the increasing spirit of crime in the country. This was a statement made at the National House of Chiefs engagement in Kumasi, and that statement was made by the president of the National House of Chiefs, Oji Ahoho Yao Jebi, who has actually joined us on the line now. Sir, you welcome to Eyewitness News. We are grateful that you joined us. Can you explain to us the worry of the chiefs in Ghana on this particular yes, issue of crime? Thank you very much. Good evening to your listeners. Uh, we met this afternoon, the National Association, and the first place to congratulate the new IGT, and we also thank God, uh, sorry, the Excellencies for giving us a new IGT. Uh, we also praise the new IGP for a good job he and his men are doing. And we do his attention to the attack on the police um, and leading to the death and in injuries of some of the people. And in that vein, we call on government to give them the necessary support by way of logistics to enable them to do their job in uh, a safe environment. I see. Now, how disturbing is the situation? You are the rulers in various communities. What sense do you get on the ground? Yeah, the sense on the ground is what I've said. The DRGP, in spite of the mountain uh, crime in the country, especially in Accra and the bigger communities, is doing very well. And once in a while, the policemen are also attacked and injured. And that is why I do the president and the government's attention to the supply of necessary weapons and equipment. That is to give up. It is not as if they don't have anything. That's to give up. I went further to also call on the citizenry to volunteer information to the police to be able to uh, arrest this increasing the number of crimes uh, in the country. It's a good angle you introduced there. The citizens, uh, citizens, the citizenry helping the police. The police often says it is as strong as the citizen uh, that provides it with information to fight crime. There is also the claim that community members generally do not want to quote and unquote chook or hand over their neighbors who are engaged in crime. As traditional rulers, um, I want you to speak to the various communities nationwide, why and how they should report crime 
and especially persons who are even close to them on issues relating to crime? Yeah, I, I, I don't believe the community are not happy. Uh, there are few instances where informants have been assumed, but because of their diagnosis to the police, now it looks like uh, something has gone down. There are two problems getting information, and that is why the police are always making arrests. Secondly, let me also use this platform as to praise the government for providing uh, cameras in the major streets of Accra and other areas. This also is the right direction. And so the community active. We also encourage our community people to volunteer information. But we also want them not to rely on CSA uh, and definitely they should I notice also that you had a comment to make on the confirmation or otherwise of Metropolitan Municipal and District Chief Executives nominated by the President. Can you tell us more on what exactly your views are? Yes, uh, whether I like it or not, the speaking says the President should appoint uh, the MMDC. The President has done his job the Minister of uh, Local Government, now what is left, because that is where the constitution of five, that the Assembly is also concerned. Naturally, uh, we active we want to urge the Assembly people to confirm these people, unless, of course, they have very strong reasons why they cannot do that. But I believe majority of them will be confirmed. Some of them have been in power before, we should compare them to enable them to take instead of dragging their feet, doing this. When they do that, it affects the good running of the assembly and delays development as well. There are allegations that confirmation of these MMDCs is mostly done because money would have exchanged hands. Uh, is that something that the authority, the, the House of Chiefs, has yeah, head of uh, and what will be your comment? You know that the parliamentarians uh, complain, and we all know that some people took money from parliamentarians before they confirmed them. Uh, we also, so I'm not surprised if they are taking money. But the advice I'll give them is that if we force them to look for money, accept money from them, then what we expect them to do? We expect them. We also find a way to steal our money and go and pay the loans that they make. And so whatever money is take away from the community or pay the development of the community. So I will not say that I'm not aware. A few cases have been proven that the assembly people demand these sums of money. And that is why today is caution that it should be from that one and again avoid sacrificing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for speaking to us as president of the National House of Chiefs, Ojiahoho Yao JB. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. What else do you have for us? The family of the late Abdul Nasir Yusuf, one of the two persons who died during the violence that occurred at Ijura in the Ashanti region, has threatened to sue the military officers who shot into the crowd. 
the family, which has expressed disappointment at the Ijura Committee report, says it will reject any compensation which will be presented to it by the government. In an interview with City News, the brother of the late Abdul Nasir Yusuf, Abdullah Abubakar, says the family will consult their lawyers on the next line of action. As from the beginning, we were all calling for justice. We were not calling for anything else apart from justice. This, uh, these people have to bring to book. We want them to come up and tell us why they killed these people. Why? Was it by mistake? Was it intentionally? Who sent them? Who, who asked them to do they, they did it by themselves or what? That was brother of the late Abdul Nasir Yusuf Abdullah Abubakar. Now, the Member of Parliament for North Town, Samuel Okujeto Ablakwa, who speaks for the Minority on Foreign Affairs, has been in the news over the past few days. Now, one has to do with the presidential jet and something else that is found in some circles to have been very insensitive in relation to national security matters. And that has forced the Foreign Affairs Ministry to issue a statement on comments made by the Member of Parliament, Samuel Wiafi of the City Newsroom has joined us in the studio to share more uh, with us on that particular statement. I mean, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank what you very much, What's the ministry saying? And first of all, what's the background to this issue? Okay, remember um, some few days ago, the, the MP for Northern and the Minority Spokesperson on Foreign Affairs, Samokuja Tua Blakwa, alleged that the President of Liberia, George Oponwia, was seen in pictures and videos uh, riding uh, Ghana's presidential jet or um, um, as you call it, the presidential jet, which has been in the news in recent times, um, that even the, if the Liberian president is using our jet, why is our president not using the same jet but then resorted to the use of private jets? Because Okujato Ablakwa says that uh, there have been pictures and videos of George Oponwia using our jets here in Ghana and in Liberia. So the ministry, um, as you said, issued a statement a while ago clarifying why uh, Mr. Oponia is using um, our presidential jets uh, for the recent ECOWAS summit that was held here in Accra, organized by the ECOWAS chair, President Kofado. So, as of the statement says, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration has noted with concern the recent comments by Honorable uh, Samuel Kujato Ablakwa, the MP for Northtown and Ranking Member of Foreign Affairs, on the use of Ghana's presidential jet by the President of Liberia. In the latest of such utterances, Honorable Ablakwa sought to suggest that transporting the President of Liberia, Ex Excellency George Oponia, abroad Ghana's on board, sorry, Ghana's presidential jet to take part in the emergency ECOWAS summit during the recent political crisis in Guinea constitute an impropriety. Nothing could be further than the truth. Uh, he continued to say that it is common knowledge that as part of the bilateral and multilateral relationship and diplomatic relations, various friendly states provide assistance of different forms to each other. Thus, Ghana's leaders have in the past been transported to different parts of the world on the presidential aircraft of other countries. Um, the statement gives an example where he says that it's a, it's a matter of public record that during the, the time of former president of Nigeria, Olushego Basanjo, he used uh, to offer former president Kufo a ride on board a Nigerian presidential jet um, to some regional summits. So it is not new 
and that African countries or West African countries do same for um, themselves. He also said that uh, the president, uh, during the facilitation of the recent ECOWA summit, had to transport some of these heads of state because it was an emergency one. The statement said that he had to um, transport the president of Sierra Leone, the president of Ghana, and the president of Guinea-Bissau to and from the ECOWA summit using our presidential agenda. So this is not new. It is something Africa or West African leaders do among themselves. Thank you so much. Uh, Sami Yafi is our correspondent at the presidency sharing a statement issued by the Foreign Affairs Ministry with us. Up next, Ellen Dapao brings us the latest in the world of business. And then we have Point Blank. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by Vodafone, empowered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapper. Let's settle for the details. The re-registration of SIM cards for all users of mobile phones in the country is expected to begin tomorrow, October 1st. The exercise is part of government's plan to rid the country's cyberspace of fraud and also monitor and track down persons who use their phones for criminal activities. Ghanaians over the age of 15 will have until until 31st March 2022 to re-register their SIM cards. Anita Kisimriku brings us more details in the following report. The announcement of the new SIM re-registration was first made by Vice President Dr. Mahamadou Baumia. According to him, such a move is necessary to rid the country's cyberspace of fraud as well as monitor and track down persons who use their phones for criminal activities. It should be known that only an individual's national ID card, that is the Ghana card, can be used for registration of SIM cards of citizens. Foreigners visiting Ghana can acquire a SIM card using their passport or travel card, but they can only use the SIM card for 30 days after which it will be deactivated. Foreigners intending to use the SIM card for more than 30 days will have to obtain a non-citizen Ghana card to do so. Ghanaians can only register a total of 10 SIM cards across all networks. Foreigners will be limited to 3 SIM cards across all networks. A business can register SIM cards in bulk, but to do this, a shareholder or a director of the company will have to be linked personally to the registration of the SIM cards. The Minister for Communications and Digitalization, Ursula Osu Ekufu, has warned against the misuse of the business registration process to allow multiple registrations. I spoke to some Ghanaians to pick their thoughts on the exercise. I think it's a waste of time because I'm with this voter ID that was a month ago. And it was like, we have all the information on the voter ID, the new one. But I don't know why we have to use this Ghana card in registration again. Although that one to best all the information that they want. Okay, so I think it's a waste of time and it's a waste of everything. To me, I don't think it's a work out because we Ghanaians think we don't take things too personal. You see, they'll be like, oh, yeah, but yeah. But as time goes on, the right thing won't be done. So there's no use. I me, mean, I see that it's a waste of money, people's time and no effort. I haven't heard about registration of the same. Okay, so, so now that's you know about it what do you think about it? Mm, i think it's cool because if they are using the same for scamming fraud and things i think it's cool they should be registered that's it any sim which is not registered at the end of the exercise in march next year will be blocked this isn't ghana's first attempt to register sim cards 
However, it is hoped that the Ghana card will help guarantee a successful SIM registration this time around. Anita Kisimreku filed that report. Now, a report on onshore petroleum exploration conducted on behalf of Wacom has revealed that majority of mining and oil firms violate the free prior information consent as stipulated in the Mi Minerals and Mining Act 2006. According to the report, the firms also fail to properly engage members of communities in their operational areas. At a forum on responsible mining by human rights and responsible mining advocacy, Wacom, Stakeholders called on government and relevant state agencies to live up to the attacks. Hana Osu Kranting is the Associate Executive Director of the association. The results that we are having indicates that they did not apply the free prior and informed consent in their engagement and that all the engagement, if any, was limited to just providing information as to what they intend doing or they did not provide information at all. And we are talking about an activity which is going to devastate the lives of people. I mean, it's going to destroy not only the livelihoods, but then the health quality of people in that area will be compromised. If you, if you talk about uh, the problems that confront us today, you cannot single out only one, one regulator as not living up to expectation. We are talking about the Water Resource Commission, we are talking about the Forestry Commission, we are talking about Environmental uh, Protection Agency, we are talking about the Minerals Commission, all of them working collectively. And we are also talking about the ministries, the finance and all those. Because we are so grueled on making some money from the mining sector, we forget that every activity goes with costs. And so we have not really done the cost-benefit analysis to assess the, the devastation, the cost of the devastation that uh, we incur in the course of our mining. And I think it's a failure of the state and its uh, regulators, as well as some citizens in the country who would always hail investment and would not look at the interest that the investment is bringing to the people of the country or to the state. Hannah Owusu Kranting is the Associate Executive Director of Wacom. Now, world leaders have made ambitious commitments to achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals SDGs. However, securing enough resources remains a major challenge, with developing countries facing a gap estimated between $2.5 to $3 trillion per year. To help bridge this financing gap and speed up Ghana's efforts to achieve the SDGs by 2030, the United Nations Office for Project Services, UNOPS, in collaboration with the Ministry of Finance, has commenced the second phase of the joint SDG financing component, which seeks to develop financing strategies and enabling frameworks for SDG investments. Here is the Senior Policy Advisor to the Finance Minister, Professor George Janba, for outlining what the project seeks to achieve. The project aims to bridge the financing gap in infrastructure, which is considered the backbone of any economy. Resilient and sustainable infrastructure is required to accelerate the attainment of the SDGs for which innovative financing strategies are required and the project provides the signpost for achieving this. Through close collaboration between the Ministry of Finance and UN 
OPS Inox, and by association for the University of Oxford, the NDPC, GIPC, and several other MBAs, the project supported the development of SDG-related infrastructure projects for showcasing at the UN DESA facilitated 2021 SDG investment fair to attract private sector investment. That was the senior policy advisor to the Minister of Finance, Professor George Jan Bafour. Moving on, in a bid to revamp the operations of the Ghana Private Road Transport Union, GPRTU, Fidelity Bank, in collaboration with Svani Group Limited, has presented 10 33-seater buses to the Greater Accra Association. The move, according to the Managing Director of Fidelity Bank Ghana, is to ensure that there are safer transport options through a self-help vehicle financing mechanism for commercial transport owners. The GPRTU is expected to share the buses among its members and ensure Sure that they are paid for within a five-year period. Managing Director of Fidelity Bank Ghana, Julian Kinsley Opuni, said the scheme is to ensure that transport becomes safer across board. We apologize for our inability to bring you that audio. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was brought to you by Vodafone. Together we can, empowered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapa. Up next is Points Blank. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. In some 20 minutes to 1900 GMT, I am Umar Ahmad. Tonight on Point Blank, we bring you a conversation with Minority Leader in Parliament and Tamale South MP, Aruna Idrisu. He was on the Point of View on City TV with Bernard Avila last night. They discussed a number of issues. The first question has to do with the presidential jet issue, a controversial one. Listen to his answers. I mean, what is this that we hear? That because the president cannot bath while he's in the air, he must go and buy a presidential jet. And therefore, we should be interested in providing for the comfort of the president when Ghanaians are reeling under economic hardships, misplaced priorities, misplaced expenditure, and therefore he should not have But should the minority not wait, should you not wait for the full disclosure of the details? I think that government has not been forthright in providing the details. And again, transparency. Government has not been transparent. We simply want to know how much does it cost for the president to travel. Nobody is saying that the president should not engage. I mean, the UN General Assembly, mm -hmm. it's not President Nana Kufuado who is the first Ghanaian president to be there under the Fourth Republic. Every other president have traveled to the UN General Assembly. And therefore, let us know. What is it that is wrong with the Ghanaian presidential jet that you have to go in for a luxurious comfort presidential jet at the expense of the people? But you know, we don't fight this battle standing solo. I, I don't believe in that uh, posture. 
and therefore what is important i'm not aware that the caucus have met but the caucus will the caucus will meet as matter of uh, necessity uh, when need be to but discuss but not jumping uh, the gun there if the caucus has not met and he's gone on to say the minority will not support categorical, you've not discussed he's it. He's providing that's... leadership as ranking member on the foreign affairs uh, committee. Is it a foreign affairs so, issue? Absolutely. A plane can it also is. be financed. It, it can is. also no, be no. defense. He's providing, he's monitoring every detail of uh, the president. I don't respond to uh, individual positions on the matter. I'm to lead a collective, and I would lead a collective. What I do know is that, you see, you borrow for productive areas of the economy. You don't borrow for profligacy and opulence, and therefore that would be our objection to Nanado Danko. That is this his priority in a country where people, as I said, are still suffering from unrelief poverty, mm. growing unemployment. You know how many jobs that money can provide. Mm. Uh, so essentially, we, 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 we will get there. There are many other expenditures that I personally and uh, think that it's not right and it's inappropriate. We have a crisis of a fiscal deficit, and therefore we should be mindful of that. You've complained about our debt levels. When the, when the finance minister came to read the budget and didn't ask for more money, you didn't commend him. You said you can't drink water from an empty calabash. Why well, you don't have money? Do you ask but for But initially, people were expecting him to come for more money because and, of the, and, the state and, of the economy. And even that, you see, Bernard, the Ghanaian media and financial experts must do this country a lot of good, including Parliament itself. Mm. If anybody had a copy of the media review of the budget, I will expose to you some wrongs. You don't come to Parliament, adjust compensation from 30, 30, 30 billion to 31 billion and say, I'm not asking for additional money. When you got approval, you got approval for 30 billion. If you look at goods and services, it rose from 5.8 billion to 8.3 billion. Whose goods and services? How do you account for that? If you have a copy of it, I'll show you the discrepancy. So to say that he didn't ask for money, he was just being tactically correct, but not economically correct. Because those goods and services, you must have it budgeted for. So for me, it was more, and I stated it in my closing remarks and even in my debate, it was more like Parliament amending the appropriation act quietly through that uh, uh, vote I, I, I strongly uh, but it's surprising to that, people that uh, a lot position. of these things you, you you have your say but still they have their way no not necessarily and you see so procedure is important if I if I have a copy of the media review of the budget, I think this was around page 96. I, I, stand I can pull it, but I, I, for yeah, me, I'm thinking more the principle than the details. Uh, no, the, the principle is that you have adjusted goods and services from 5.8 yeah. to 8.3 billion. Yeah. So that means that something has changed. You have changed compensation from 30 billion to 31 billion. It means that something has changed. Yeah. But you know, Ken Oforata, smartly what he did yeah. was to make some savings from debt service the interest regime, and then plow it back and say that I don't need But I'm saying that, that after the debate, the, ba the budget was approved. The yeah. statement was approved. It wasn't You rejected. don't want a country to run at a standstill. Businesses will suffer 
the corporate world will suffer workers will not get their compensation a lot of things go into the decision that parliament take it does not mean that when we critique the duty now becomes yours no that but the media you have the power will reflect if, on those if, issues if what he's done in principle is wrong you are the one who can and stop I'm it not the media we can only give comments bernard i have no hesitation accepting that the power of parliament as the controller of the purse remains a constitutional myth. Mm -hmm. The power of parliament in exercising oversight over budget remains a constitutional myth. Mm -hmm. Parliament itself cannot have its own budget. So what is this that parliament controls budget when parliament itself has inadequate Is it a case of scratch uh, your back, provision? I scratch my back because... <laughs> Parliament also benefits from the As largest. I said, our democracy largely is executive-driven, present-driven. So provisions are made adequately for the present. That's why there's provision being made for his comfort, to get a new aeroplane of luxury when you have uh, what is a presidential jet. So even if you say you oppose person, that, you can't stop it? We can. So that is why I give you the example where we had to work out. Many of these things, when they come, and we meet as a minority caucus. We will deliberate on it. We will take guidance from the leadership of the committee, the ranking, deputy ranking, and collectively we'll take a position. And for the record, I have never, ever taken any decision without consulting the structures of the party, particularly the leadership of the party. I normally will defer to them. Even when a bill comes to parliament, the first thing I do is to refer it to them for policy brief as mm. to how they would want us to uh, do it. Uh, but just to uh, stampede us because somebody disagrees with me. Just I'm a short point, because on the, on the uh, mining thing, you said 268, because they need a two-thirds majority. That's my understanding of the Constitution. That's one, you are very clear that you can stop it. When it comes to simple majority things, with even 137, 137, you don't have the confidence that... I'm asking because on the election of Speaker, you were able to get more votes than they got. I mean, Bernard, it is still my, to my credit and to my legacy that as minority leader, I moved the motion, call it the motion of destiny, for Alban Sumane Bagbin to be elected as Speaker of Parliament. I have every confidence that he means well for this country. He comes to the position with an enormous experience. And therefore, that should guide and enrich our democratic uh, dispensation and strengthen parliament as an institution and make it more but have you been able to consolidate those gains using that expression that you, you managed to what, get some what, people in MPP to vote for Bagbin? What gains? What matter have come before us? Tell me. You see, you, you, the we are, you just told me that, for example, no, no, the no, finance minister no, no. used a backhand door to get more money than he was supposed to get. Apart from debating it on the floor and saying you don't agree, most of these deals have gone through. No, which deals? Be specific. Oh, I have your summary of uh, economic programs from January to June. Yeah, I have about ahead. 14 tax exemptions I can accumulate for you. All Absolutely. So I have about, oh, I, I, can, if you want, I can go through a lot of it. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> NMS go project. Ahead. There are, I, 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 at least from the financial side of things, I'm yet to see any uh, of the proposals in terms of financial agreements with companies, which some, some of which increase our, our debt stock. That the minority said we will not approve this. Well, is it a minority which is proposing to borrow? It's an executive. But if you are concerned about our debt level, yes, you can so say probably, that for the sake of our children, we probably, disagree. Probably, so we disapprove. Probably you want us to move to the US level. No. No, where parliament itself will limit borrowing and say that as a rule of thumb, we don't want any government 
to borrow beyond 70% of GDP. Mm. We can take that position. But don't forget, it is not borrowing per se which is wrong. It's irresponsible and reckless spending of the borrowing. What do you do with the money? If you are borrowing for productive sectors of the economy to grow the private sector, which economic headwind is still access to credit and the cost of credit, nobody will question you. But if you are borrowing to buy presidential jet, we'll raise issues. So I said that from, does that help so I said that from January, January till uh, <laughs> August 2021, yes. all the loan agreements that they've brought have fallen in the category you just described, that they are legitimate? You have to be specific. If, oh, I can if a loan you know. agreement is to build a hospital, mm -hmm. why will you deny access to a medical facility of a community which is deprived? If a loan agreement is to expand road infrastructure, why will you deny and say that I'm mm -hmm. saying no to it because they are expanding road infrastructure? At least it will ease the cost of doing business mm. and ease the transaction cost associated with it. Between January and, and June, we gave tax exemptions to about 14 companies, the largest being B5 plus of about um, $40 million. Another one, you has $11 million. When you put it all together, it's in excess of 30 something million dollars. Yes, an economy that's I'm struggling. Sure. I'm just going through your. Uh, this, and I'm saying I can say according to you, eight parliament record fair, of loans, conventions, fair, and treaties. Be fair, be fair to B5. I'm sure that those category of 1D, 1F mm. were stood down for further discussion and consultation in order that our position was that mm. you can't concentrate 1D, 1F in just Accra Tema. Okay. Let it reflect in Upper East, Upper West, let it be in Borga, mm. let some go to Boku, Zaru. No, again, I'm just asking a general question. Maybe let me, um, let, but, might, let me, let me, let me but, the question. I'm saying that mm -hmm. if you feel the economy is not being well managed yes. and that our debt position is precarious, yes. has the minority shown it in disapproving of any of the loan requests which are increasing our debt stock? So go to the debate. The, the Honorable are too forcing in debating the budget. Uh, supported by Honorable Adongo and many of our colleagues, was to point out that Ghana was in debt distress. I mean, you have a fiscal deficit of 11.4%. Mm -hmm. uh, Fitch and even the World Bank IMF puts it at 13%. That's fiscal irresponsibility. But some should it just be debate of Atu Fosin saying something? No. Because you are, not, you are, you are hung now. So yes. people, people feel that beyond what Atu Fosin says, Atu Fosin can recommend where, as, where, as the ranking of the finance committee that you should, your side where, should say... Where that needs to be our position, and uh, go back to the Hansard, that has always been my position. All the tax leakages at the port. Uh -huh. If Ghana fine-tunes what it is that we must get from the port, we have no business even worrying Ghanaians with their taxes. All the leakages are there in the name of national security. People claim, pick goose out of the port. That is not acceptable. Want us to do a forensic audit of what gets out of the port. Who is entitled to pay what? I'm told that about 2.5% of our GDP is granted in the way of tax exemption. Don't forget, when Ken Ofura Tabi became the Minister for Finance, one of his early announcements to Parliament was a tax exemption bill. Mm. Yamutu, what has happened to it? There at birth, because he's not committed to it. Um, a parliamentary committee sent me a, a message. I don't know if I'm at liberty to mention the person's name, but he says, uh, Bernard, my leader is so consultative in his decision-making that he is essentially called approved. He really disagrees even with a suggestion from a member of the caucus. Okay. 
So that's from somebody in Parliament. There are other things I'll, I'll read later. Just wanted to get a few quick thoughts. By October, we are going to have to have all our SIMs registered. The process starts till next year, I think June or so. Mm -hmm. And um, people are supposed to use the NIA card to uh, achieve that. This government has prided itself in digitalization. Uh -huh. In fact, some people call Dr. Baumia, <laughs> Dr. Dijimia, uh -huh. because they are doing the housing thing. Uh, we have a record number of people with national identification cards. Now the passport office seems to be working much better. You were communication minister before. Esla also appears also to be overseeing the digital migration, although with some people disagreeing. What's your assessment of Ghana's digital transition? You know, Bernard, you give credit where you have to. Mm. Ghana still has a problem if you compare us to Rwanda and to South Africa in terms of mainstreaming ICT mm. into all aspects of our national life. So mm -hmm. it's a journey uncompleted yet. I've heard people use the word interoperability. Go mm -hmm. back even to my veteran as communication minister, and the word was used by the Honorable Atachia, if you remember. Uh, under NDC, President J. E. Mills, through President John Dramani Mahama, fourth president of the Fourth Republic, mm -hmm. a lot of investment went into infrastructure and broadband investment, including even connectivity to our investors. Mm -hmm. A lot of the support that came through the World Bank, mm -hmm. uh, I should thank this particular uh, uh, lady, I hope I get her name right. I think she was uh, the spouse of... Uh, uh, the one who does uh, the Friday program, KSM. Okay. Uh, Clara, I should think. Okay. They're very supportive in leading our digital agenda at the level of the World Bank. Mm -hmm. Now, if you say that SIM registration, and I just give you for the record, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, 20, in 2011, mm -hmm. the first SIM registration subscriber identity model registration regulation dates back to 2011, LI 2006. I laid it before Parliament. And if you recall, the essence of it was to deal with anonymous crime. Mm. You just have somebody send you a text message mm -hmm. and then insult you as Bernard or threaten you, you couldn't trace it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, law enforcement needed traceability in order to be able to do it. Okay. Where we got it wrong, was the regulator not staying firm? I mean, nowhere in the world do you travel to, and when you need a SIM, you just walk by the roadside to get it. They must get your identity. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, mainstreaming it into a national ID card, mm -hmm. relevant. If that is what you say that we should commend Akufuado and Baumia, I have no difficulty doing that. But they must understand that a certain foundation was laid, and they are benefiting from that foundation. That foundation was led by uh, 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 John Dramani Mahama. As far as the mm. building of our IT infrastructure is concerned, even the laws, many of it, was done under air. So, same registration was good about it. Let me read something I got from yeah. somebody at NIA. It says, prior to our coming to office in 2017, only a small proportion of our population, that is some 750,000 people registered by GRA with TINs. As a result of the effective rollout of the National Identification Card, <laughs> spearheaded by the ebullient Ken Atefa, which has been integrated with GRA to form the TIN numbers, we now have a taxable population of some 
15.5 million people in just four years. And yet government is still struggling with revenue. So what have you done with those uh, increased numbers in terms of registration? I say I have no but, but difficulty. I even heard the president link up this to Smith He said numbers. it in Bulgaria, didn't he? No, even in his State of the Nation address. But yeah. he got it wrong. Uh, right. uh, he got it wrong there again. I mean, when he says that a number of Ghanaian people who are entitled to pension, no. It's not everybody who is registered with a SIM or who is on your national ID card is entitled to pension. But I'm saying that I have no difficulty. What you must admit mm -hmm. is that the IT infrastructure of this country is not the doing of only the new patriotic party government. That's far-fetched. But, you said but so. to the extent that the... Uh, you see, this is the thing. The vice president... In any case, let, even, let, let even today... I'm coming. To give to, you see, when you, when you, when you want buy-in for something, you, you, you raise the level of... The vice president seems to be coordinating it pretty well. And all I'm the saying, data and initiatives, that those, which is yielding fruits. Those are all initiatives they inherited. The national address infrastructure, even me as Minister for Communication mm. back in 2012, worked on it. Now, subsequent to it, even the national ID card, there was some start of it before the MPP. But took from seven fifty thousand to fifty million is is exponential. No, I'm not disagreeing it's, with it's, that. You should give them the credit for that. How has it been funded? Have you raised but those questions? But, but, but Haruna, if, uh, you, if, see if you don't wrong with people, that, if you don't register people, you can't. And them. I say, how has it been funded? I I, 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 I would I would. I, be they, interested in they it. are different levels. And they, I say, all I know is that for the premium, they pay two fifty. No, no. And I say, for be the, interested for the regular in it. is free. Someday, someday, mm. we'll be asked to account for the national identification exercise and how it's been financed. I know a public-private partnership of a sort that itself raises red flags, and someday would we'll go into the matter. I have no difficulty saying that they have improved upon what they inherited. What do you think about proposals to tax Momo? I'm asking because, again, now the Bank of Ghana has an e-money law gone through. There's even somebody in the Bank of Ghana now who has a full desk on the electronic money side. So they seem to have put the institutional arrangement on the, uh, on the monetary side. Yeah. Now there's discussion about taxing Momo. What's your uh, comment? First of all, let me come to this matter of transition even from analog to digital. Yeah. And I appreciate the exponential growth mm -hmm. and liberalizing even radio and television in Ghana. Uh -huh. That has done a lot of good to the f expression, freedom of expression and yeah. free speech, yeah. even though we've suffered some limitations with some excesses uh, again. Well, you are listening there to Harun Idrisu, member of parliament for Tamale South and the minority leader in house, as the House of Parliament. We're speaking to Bernard Avila on the point of view of the show on City TV, which airs on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Thank you for listening. This will be it for Eyewitness News tonight. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadou. Production by Beverly London and uh, Sami Uyafi. As well as support from Zoe Abubedu and uh, Duke Mensah Opoku. And Fred Tetejabano. The technical support came through from Desmond Nya. Good night. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-976-732. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM. And Twitter at City 973.